the people's podcast what's up good people it's your boy dj busby and it's your boy jkd and this is the people's podcast and we want to welcome you back to another episode right here on youtube you can find us that's the main place where you could see and watch us we're also on soundcloud and spotify apple podcast is in the works now as i said we are not new to this space of podcasting we actually did for those of you that are new to jkd and i we've done 150 episodes of an entirely different podcast called pre pre live and we decided that we wanted to make more of an impact with the mission that we have and change the entire business model to what we now call the people's podcast now out of those 150 episodes i kid you not (laughs) this guest right here was probably the best guest in my personal opinion that we had and watching back episodes normally when we do an episode Mm -hmm. i like to watch them back I must have watched this episode back about 10 to 20 times. Is, is it because she, she's pretty? And it's not because she's a ting. Okay? It's not no, there is no ting in the building. Cut, cut. It's not because she's a beautiful woman of color. Okay, It's not because of that. But because of the, the mm. valuable information right. that yeah. we got out of that little we conversation had so that time. we had. Oh, and my gosh. It was amazing. We're also going to be chopping that up one week. And a week maybe that we can't be here, we're going to take that interview and bring it right back full circle. But without further ado, we want to welcome one of the best real estate brokers in the game. Over 200 million in real estate sold. An honorable woman of color. And some of the most important titles that you probably have is daughter, spouse, and mother. We would like to welcome none other than Jasmine Lee. To the Thank people's you guys podcast. For a Anytime. warm welcome. I love it here. And we have upgraded. I love right. upgrade. I heard yeah, the right. bass in your voice. I was like, shit's getting yeah. real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one one show at a time, man. I one show it. at a time. Even though, even though you're not a new guest, you are our second guest on our show. Oh. So we are honored to have Is you. The second first time around? Second, yes, yes. Oh. In 150 episodes? Yeah, out of 150 episodes, I, I can't remember what number you are. I think you were maybe like 80 or 80, 90. Yes. Oh, yeah. But again, that was one of our most popular episodes right. and a personal favorite of mine because of what we learned. Right. You know, I knew I know nothing about real estate. All I know is I can't afford no house right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, walk, and listening back to just the conversation we had right. on a relatable level, which we'll get into later, but yep. it's hard to find information like that for common our people, people. In our yes. language and our conversation. We're dropping gems always, right? But if he listened to us, Jay, at yeah. that time to buy from our first show, yeah, right, we'd be in a whole new studio. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, a completely different walk of life at that point. So, so, yeah. so, so how are you, Jess? And personally, am, how are you like, I, during I'm this pandemic? I'm really good. Like, life is about balance. I, COVID has taught me to really just enjoy the moments with our family. Absolutely. Um, my son is seven now. I'm a yeah. mom to a seven-year-old. I went to our hood the other day. I went to Scarborough. Did you? Okay. Yeah, okay. I was doing an escape room. I looked up and I'm like, that's our building. Okay, Damn. nice. I'd never bring a kid. <laughs> 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 Private combo. But the six. our son is seven. He Man. is so big. We virtual schooled him for two years. Yeah. And at least we're here with him, connecting with him, and he's just not growing and passing me by without connecting. So I love that. And he's he's in our business. He's he knows everything. He's on my calls. 
meditates right, wow. with me. He does yoga with me. Okay. Um, I mean, he is the CEO, right? He is the friggin' CEO. Okay. <laughs> Everything that, that's done is done for them. You know? Everything. I'm in his house. I'm like, listen, this is his house. <laughs> this lady, my clean lady came in. She said, Jazz, you know, Cartier is taking over all the rooms in your house. He needs to have one spot for his devices. I'm like, this is his house. We're just staying in it. <laughs> you, you just pay the bills. Exactly. <laughs> he does all the living that needs to happen. Right. So now that's good to hear that you're doing well. Thank um, you. Now, we brought you here, obviously, on the topic of real estate. So for the people out there that may not know who you are, tell us a little bit about what you do. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a real estate broker and we all start somewhere. And the thing is why I do stuff like this is because I want it to be approachable. We can connect to people because a lot of times, especially in our community, we're not taught about real estate. And a lot of times I hear like, I want to get my stuff together before I connect with you. And I'm like. I'm here to help you get your stuff together. Like utilize me, um, utilize our team, utilize our resources. So, you know, before you're thinking I have to get 20%, some people still think they need 20% down to buy real estate. You just Mm. need 5%. Wow. Some people are buying with partners. And I know that some of the questions coming up, buying with people and wanting to buy as partners, but they don't have the proper contracts in place. Right. Right. And some people are buying pre-cons and thinking like, don't worry, I'm going to flip it before it's sold. Mm -hmm. What's the plan B if you don't? Mm -hmm. Right. Interesting. Which people don't normally think about. Yeah. Interesting. So I'm excited about sharing the gems um, built from the ground up. No hand me outs. You know, like we're built from from straight up from ourselves. So I'm excited about sharing this knowledge and creating generational wealth within our community. That's the impact. That's what that was one of the questions I asked you before we started. Mm -hmm. What like, why do you do this? I do stuff like this because I get questions. I get comments. I get people coming up to me like, I love what you said. I love what you did. It inspired me again to real estate. I have people hitting me up like years later saying, I saw you here and it inspired me. I listened to this podcast and inspired me. So those are reasons why I'm coming out on date night on Thursday nights, date night. <laughs> oh, hang so. with you guys, you know. <laughs> we truly appreciate that. No, we, we really value your time. Thank, Thank you, so you guys for, for the yeah. opportunity. Uh, and I guess to revisit that question, you know, on the camera, it's just it's it's a satisfying feeling to know that you're doing good by your community. Mm-hmm. You know, we always hear that our community down the road is going to be one of the least fortunate. You know, when it comes to just uh, economic scale (laughs) Mm -hmm. and the patterns that we have now. Don't listen to it. But it's 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 a fact. Mm -hmm. But we can make that change. Exactly. And having leaders in the community like us, because we're here on this platform to help influence that change is life changing for generations down the line. And that is key. You know, we do DJing and stuff. And yeah, doing a party or throwing an event one night. It makes that night an unforgettable, amazing night that might be talked about for the rest of your life. But imagine changing somebody's life to the point where their grandkids Mm -hmm. are affected by the work that you did. Right. Yeah. So that's the kind of legacy we're we're here for. Love it. Love it. Right. So now we're just coming out of a pandemic. Mm. How has COVID-19 affected you as a real estate agent buying and selling? For our clients? Yes, for your clients. So the thing is that as realtors, we're known to be counselors. But now as realtors, we're dealing with COVID issues with clients, Mm. mental space. Their industries are shutting down. Their income has changed. They have to now wear so many hats from home, virtual learning, so many layers that you're dealing with with clients. So you really have to just, you know, have patience, be there for them in a different capacity now because COVID had put so much stress on everybody, right? So like I t- I'll tell realtors that I coach as well. They're like, Jasmine, I'm t- I can't do a Zoom call with my clients. My kids are yelling and screaming in the background. I'm like, bring them in the call. 
Listen, on lives or Zooms, my son is known to come up and just start whining. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have fun with it. So, instead of trying to hide my kid in the background, I just bring him to the forefront. Embrace them. Like, have fun with it. That's all I'm saying because right now, COVID has people under, like, so much mental stress. That's like, yeah. it's so much mental pressure, right? So, how can you alleviate that? So, just find joy in everything you do daily. Absolutely. True. And, and uh, in terms of... A financial scale. So we're talking about more of the effects that it had on people, people's personal being. Mm-hmm. What about, you know, numbers wise? How did COVID affect the real estate market? Blew it up. Blew it up. Blew it up. Do you know? Ex- yes, I do though. You know. But I need to I need you to expand a bit more because from what I saw when I bought a house, mm-hmm. that was like the beginning of COVID. Mm-hmm. Till now. Till now. <laughs> like like yeah. multiple people are just buying houses. Yeah. And not just buying houses, they're with that, overbidding with that, with, that Serb, with the Serb money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or some kind of money. I don't know what it is, but expand on that more. Like how has it Well, I'll tell that you market? investing, right, guys? Real estate. So I have crypto. We talked about that. I have yeah. stocks. Look at the stocks market currently right now. It's redlined. A lot of people's portfolios are redlining, right? Uh-huh. Crypto is so volatile. I'm not saying not to invest in these things, but real estate, you've got to have your hand in real estate because you can live in it. You can enjoy it. If it goes up and down, you're still getting the benefit of living in it, right? You can improve it. You can rent it out. You can make money. You can Airbnb. There's so much more options with real estate, mm. right? I just had a client. We're taking out some equity to buy another property and they got a line of credit for 700000 on their property. Right. Well, so like you can do that with crypto too, right. but it's so much more volatile than real estate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So always have your foot in some real estate, guys. That's one hundred percent. Absolutely, yeah. and you know we're talking about these crazy numbers. It's become, <laughs> or you know, insane numbers, but it's become unimaginable for some people. Like I just said at the start of the podcast, I don't even know if I could buy a house right now. Yeah. And you know, you have your tips and tricks that you'll discuss. But with that perspective of, you know, it's difficult to even think about buying a house. Do you think there's going to be anything that could happen that will correct the market, so to speak? Listen, Busby's like, listen, let me know when the correction's coming so I can line it up. That's <laughs> basically yeah, yeah. what he's Give asking me. Date me. And time and but I'm- you know what? I'm going to tell you like I told you on the last show. Stay ready. Have an yeah. pre-approval ready because opportunities will always come up. Gotcha. Right. And the thing is, don't wait for prices to cho- drop. Yeah. Don't wait to buy real estate. Never do that right. because the last time I was on the podcast, prices were high and you're complaining about the prices Sucks. and we're complaining about the prices again. Mm-hmm. So you just got to get into the market because I'll tell you the clients that own real estate as the prices increase, they're not complaining about the prices. Right. Gotcha. They're in the market. Right. right. And I'll tell you, we help a lot of millennials buy real estate. A member on our team, Rixie, she bought her first property and it closed beginning of last year. We rented it out. It was already cash flowing and it's already went up like two, three hundred thousand. Wow. Like nobody can anticipate that. So historically, guys, when I got into real estate, real estate would double every 10 years. Now it's hyper accelerated, doubling every three to five years. And trust me, as a realtor, it hurts us because I'm showing properties that I used to show that were two, three hundred thousand. Now they're like a million. You think I'm not kicking myself being like I should have bought 10 of them? (laughs) Absolutely. We all are. Right. Right. But get into the market, because if you don't, you're 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 hurting generations to come. So like your statement earlier where you're like, Jazz, you know, um, our community is going to be you know, last on the list in terms of the economic pull or in- income or assets and net worth. I don't want to even subscribe to that, guys. Yeah. So just do what you got to do to get into the market and we can talk about it offline. So so what about um like interest rates? Mm-hmm. Um, Like, obviously, you see what's going on with the world with the infl- inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see interest rates raising mm-hmm. or do you think they're going to stay the same? 
Well, the thing is, guys, in terms of real estate, there's so many factors that impact the real estate market, right? We have material supply issues with okay. everything, real right. estate, cars, um, the banks make changes, the governments can make changes, all those things impact real estate. So I wouldn't worry about, because you cannot time the market. You can't okay. time, there's so many factors. Right now, everybody's talking about the market so high, but what you guys don't know, as of right now, we're over 8,600 listings. So I'll give you guys some stats. January, we're at 3,400 listings in Toronto market, right. freehold and condos. February, we're at 4,400. Right now, today, I check for a client, we're at 8,600 listings. So what you're going to start seeing is that offer presentation night, which is like an auction style. Right. 50% of the houses are going to sell. 50% of them are not going to sell. They're going to be canceled and relisted again at a higher price, at the true price that they want. So people are, are, are selling their, are selling or more selling their homes now. Well, the during thing this is, time. No, well, the thing is everybody has a different plan, right? So I'll give you an example. So why clients sell? I did a reel about this. Right. Um, last year I had clients that sold, moved to the cottage full time, sold, moved to Mexico. I even went to visit them. Wow. Uh, sold, moved to Florida. They're tired of the snow. So <clears throat> gone are the days where people are waiting to be snowbirds at the retirement years. They're creating that lifestyle now, no. right. right? Especially right. for Canadians. So many talk to people, they don't want to be here no more. Right. With mm. the whole lockdown for two years, a lot of people are just like, where can I be? I'm working virtually. That means I can work anywhere in the world. Why am I still here? It's funny you say that because I have a friend, Devin, Calling he, names. Sorry. <laughs> Devin, he's actually, he took, he took two months off to go to live in Mexico uh -huh. and he's working, he's working from Mexico. And he's in twenties, thirties, forties, what age group? He's, he's my age. Exactly. And that's usually what, you know, the retirement plan looks like, but we're not no longer waiting for that. Right. So we're helping clients build their dream life now. Why mm. wait? Right. Because as COVID taught us, like we got to enjoy now. We can't wait to live. Right. That's a fact. And cherishing who you're with. Yeah. Do you think we're going to another rece recession? You know what, guys, you guys just have to get your assets in order, your house in order. Right. So watch how you're spending. Do your budgets right. because, you know, when you guys see gas prices, my girlfriend in um, Nova Scotia, she sent me her bill to fill up her car was one hundred and seventy dollars. Wow. Like we get out of covid and we didn't fully get out of covid yet. Mass um, protocols, all that stuff. And now right. we got a war and now we got inflation. Now we right. got like it's just right. layers, right. guys. So you guys got to be ready. You got to be smart and you can't be scared. Yeah. So talking to professionals so you can get prepared for retirement, for all these inflation, for all these factors getting hit as all the time daily. Get ready. Get ready for, you know, industries changing, your job change. So speak to professionals is what I would say, because things are changing so quickly. Absolutely. Cool. You know, one thing I've heard pretty consistently over the years is we have this world and the population is growing, mm -hmm. but the property of the world is not growing. So eventually it's going to get to a point because we can't cut down every tree and build on top of water, so to speak. So we're going to have to get to a point where instead of building flat, we have to build up. Mm -hmm. And not to say we aren't doing that now. Clearly, you guys see buildings all over the place. Like going to Dubai, you know, one thing that you see frequently everywhere you turn is a building and a high rise right. going on, right. Right. you know? So what effect do you think that would have on the housing market? Well, I'll give you an, an example. Pickering has a location. They have like 75 projected condos in just Pickering. Jeez. Like, they're not all approved, but imagine what Pickering's going to look like right. with 75 condos, guys. Exactly. Right. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. But if you want a freehold and you want space, a lot of people are looking in Sudbury now right. as an option. Outside. Like yeah. place Brantford, East Williamsbury, yeah. Niagara. People are going places you never even heard of. Right? right. To go for options for freehold and just to get into the real estate market. So let's just say you're a buyer that, you know, you're a homeowner. You want to buy something in the core, but you can't afford it. And you're renting and you like the young and egg. Mm -hmm. Stay renting there and buy something so at least it's appreciating. 
Right. So mm. you don't have to live in that property that's three hours outside the city. At least you have your money invested. That would have been the best thing. Because look at the the boom in Niagara as, as an example, right? right? Yeah. yeah. So what, one thing I didn't like, and, and Jerron, you could tap in more on this because it happened to you. Right. But the situation that happened to you where you bought your home and you're doing what she's saying. Right. You're slowly paying the bills. Yeah. But every year is a new excuse from, from the people constructing your place. Saying, yeah. oh, it's, it's going to be another year. And that dragged on for how long? Yeah. Four yeah, years, five years. We're pre-owned. Yes, we're pre-owned. Right, yeah. and now you're you're constantly paying for a house you're not even living in. So, right. what yeah. what was the situation that happened there with you? It's, I mean, everybody's situation is different. Yeah. That was just, I think that was just a poor management company that mm-hmm. built um, where our first home. Mm-hmm. So we had to wait like four years for our, to move in. But what? Okay, I, you guys got to look at life like the flip side. That was the bad part. But what was, was the a, good part? Uh, you flipped, made money. I made. Money. I did make money. You yes. Made money. Yes. And, you couldn't save that amount of money you made. You're right. Right. You're right. So guys, anytime something bad happens in life, always do the flip to it. What's what good came out of this? Right. So you didn't you didn't just you weren't paying a mortgage when it wasn't built. No, just, we're we're paying a occupancy fee you're or paying whatever. An occupancy fee, right? Whatever it's called, yeah. But you made money that you could. We you did could, make you money. Couldn't, could you have saved that money? Absolutely not. That's exactly it. Right. So True. you're winning. You stay winning in real estate, right. guys. That's a good perspective. True. Very optimistic True. guest we have here yeah. today. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> But yeah, on on your on to talk on your what you just said um, about building up. Yeah. Prime example, my first place, it was a stacked t- townhome, right? Yeah. So I had people living on top of me. So I get, I get it. We're not, we're, they're not building yeah. wide or because white you can build ten, you can build t- ten houses in that lot, or you can build a whole condo development with hundreds of units. Right, bang for their buck, right? And right. Uh, to me, like just off of my perspective from the outside in is. You know, when something is of abundance in, qu- in quantity, then, you know, the demand is not as high, meaning the prices would have to go, would have to go down, correct? Mm-hmm. And if there are more developments of condos, wouldn't that eventually correct the market or bring down pricing? You know, no? the other factor is immigration. There's so much people. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the end of the year and through all these articles, Toronto is always named the number one city to live. Yeah. It's like top right. five. Right. Think about it, guys. So everybody right. thinks Toronto's amazing. They are these art- articles bringing more immigrants coming into the city and we're, you know, we're constantly bringing them in. So that's, you got to talk about supply, demand, new immigrants coming in, all those factors. Right. is what's driving the prices. Absolutely. Right. Now let's talk about overbidding mm-hmm. because that was an mm-hmm. issue when we were looking at houses for me and my family. Yep. And I, I hated it. I hated that whole thing <laughs> of overbidding. Uh, but let's talk about overbidding on houses because it seems like, you know, a lot of people, our generations mm-hmm. are not able to, you know, save and afford to buy a house, especially with people who are overbidding on, on, on houses. Um, you know, a, again, a lot of people are, around our age have to depend on parents. They have to depend on, you know, bank loans. Can you talk a bit more about that? So I'll tell you, there was a stat out. It was like 50% of millennials are getting help from their parents to buy real estate. Right. Right. And right. I recommend parents to help their kids buy real estate. So an example, we have this client, their mother helped their two daughters buy real estate. This is current. And they use 5% to buy these properties. At the time when they bought them, they were like 400,000. We're selling them for a million right now. Wow. So 5%, which is a 400 is like 20 grand. Yeah. Now that investment, that 20 grand investment turned into a million dollars for their client, for their kids. Six. Why wouldn't you do that? Right. And for me as a parent, I, I, I did that for my son since he was four. I bought him real estate. It's for him. Like with that intention, I'll rent it out until he's ready to either live in it, sell it, Smart. Um, uh, take equity out rent it out, whatever he wants to do, that's his startup, right? And it, right. and and at least I'm living to see what he does with it because we deal, we work with a lot of estate companies 
And unfortunately, when these kids get this windfall, and I mean big kids, 30, right. 40, 50s get these windfalls from their parents or family or estates that pass away. A lot of times you, you, you like uh, their parents are probably turning in their grave when they see what their kids did with it. So right. for me, when I sit down with my clients and their kids, I recommend help them buy real estate so you can see what they do with their assets and you can see which child is going to, you know, double up and grow whatever you gave them so that you can invest in that kid more. Right. True. And help them out. And who want who doesn't want to see their kids like, you know, living in their own house? Why would you want them to leave and Absolutely. rent something out? Absolutely. So take that from other cultures. Instead of having your kids kicking them out, let them rent. Right. Let help them buy. Yeah. And don't wait until they're adults to buy. You can buy for them when they're when they're younger and right. then set them up from now. So what you're saying is buy it in the interim, <laughs> rent it out in the meantime, and then they have a property. One hundred percent. Genius. Genius. Yep. 100%. So we have this um like like I have this notion that like, you know. Like, I always have that 20% in my mind. See? Uh, like, what's the difference between 5% and 20% though? Because if we put down more, mm -hmm. do we get more of a, a kind of like an incentive or what? So, you know, two things. We also got to touch on the bidding wars and overbidding that okay. you're talking about. But in terms of putting down, 80% of buyers start off buying with 5%, especially in our community, mm -hmm. right? They buy with 5% down. So if they're waiting, imagine waiting to save 20% down on the houses. You can't, can't, you can't, right. you can't catch up to the way the, the market is growing, the right. prices. So right. today you save up to purchase something, let's say 700K as the average starting point. 5% is 35,000. If you're trying to put down 20%, that's 140,000. So by the time you save that 140, babe, that 700K, it's that same out. 700K house mm. is now like eight, nine, a right. million. Right. Or you're, you know, before you're looking in Pickering buying for 700 and now you're looking at Clarington. Some people are looking in Ottawa now, you know what I'm saying? Because of the prices. Exactly. And then so in terms of overbidding, when you have a realtor like our team, we're going to go over the comps with you so you're not overbidding, right? We're going to, although there's houses that are doing auction style, which is offer presentation dates where they list it low and they're aiming for a bidding war, which right. is paying over the list price. Right. But what we do is forget what they're doing. Let's take a look at the comparables to see if it's worth it. See what has recently sold. So you're paying in line with the market because you don't want to overbid for a couple reasons. One, you don't want to overpay. Nobody wants to overpay for anything. Right. Secondly, you, if you have an issue with financing, the bank will say like, although you paid one, two for this house, we're only going to finance up, up to one. You have to work out the difference. That's when you get into private, hard money lending, higher interest rates, all the unexpected. All right. So you want to work with realtors who are going to educate you so you don't overbid. Because if you do, you need to know what's going to happen next. Your plan B, C, D. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. And recently, you know, we've changed directions of the podcast. And we've been focusing on, you know, a few key topics in terms of growing our community uh, financially, spiritually, mentally. Um, one thing that always stood out about you as a black female is that you basically positioned yourself in our community as, you know, a leading figure in what you do. You know, you you have grown a business, so to speak, and well, not so to speak, you've grown a business and you have multiple people accomplishing this mission that you've set out. Uh, can you just give some insight as to why you felt the need to want to do something like that? And so, you know, although I'm a Blasian, <laughs> my dad is from Singapore. My mom is from Jamaica. They met here. My dad came to school for architect, got right. a haircut at her salon, and then they fell in love. And then the rest is history. And they got married and he fell in love with the culture and the oxtail and all the rest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, getting into real estate. I remember when I, you know, at that time when I was in high school, I'm like, what's everybody doing? It was ECE hairstyling. That was the norm. 
everybody was in that lane. I was like, that's not what I want to do. Right. And I always knew I wanted to own real estate. I'm looking at the most wealthiest people. What is in their portfolio was real estate. And I'm like, I always want to get into real estate. So first was just for my own knowledge. Okay. And then when I bought my first house in Whitby for, you guys are going to kill me, for 200000 a detach. Before the year before I became a realtor, that experience was like, no, I got to get into it earlier. I got to help people because this experience being a single black woman, right? right. Although I'm mixed, like right. the, the dominant gene is black. black right, so right. I'm a black woman. Right. Uh, that experience was just like, no, I don't want our people to go through that. I don't want our community to go through. I don't want women to go through that, that are buying on their own, that experience. Like, where's your dad? Where's your husband? Right, like, absolutely. excuse me, it's me. And I bought the house, 200,000 guys, 5% down. That was 10,000. That's the only house I ever sold. And when I sold that house, I used that money to buy multiple properties. So why I did that is personal to me because I, again, like for our community, you guys are a lot of times are scared to ask the right questions. And the thing is, I didn't come out of the womb learning, knowing how to buy and sell real estate. I asked for guidance, asked for help. I, I learned about it. I read about it. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I read the books. Outwitting the Devils, one of my favorite books that's like Bible to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I gained that knowledge and I want to pass it down so that I can see the impact on our community, legacy, my son. Like that's that's all we know. He only knows our house. He doesn't know where we he doesn't know apartments. Right. He only he right. thinks everybody, you know, this is this is all he knows, right? Right. right. The the innocent age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the best. Right. Um now our community, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we have there's there's I'm not being racist. <laughs> Use the right well, you term. Know, Use the right term. You know the Caucasians. Uh, <laughs> the Caucasians. We're gonna have know? fun, guys. We gotta expect it. We gotta keep it real. It seems. It seems like the Caucasians um are are tapped into this real estate uh, market. You know the Asians, and it seems like our community is the last one. I don't even believe that. You and don't I'll tell so? you. I'll tell you guys because you're in real estate. You got into it, and I, we're from the same. We're from the but, same. But like, listen, like growing up, yeah. It was never taught. Nope. Especially and, and, and in ones, our culture. And our parents that did it, the generation before, they did it so wrong. We were scared to do it. Right, right. Because they got into all kind of stuff. They got into True. all kind of mess, right? True. So we're just like, we don't want to own a house if it looks like this. If you're like, you know, you don't have enough, you're sacrificing. It's it's so much more frustration than opportunity and benefits, right? right, right. So now this is the generation to do it right. And right. I'll tell you, I'll, in the last five years, I've worked with clients that are not black and black that are like, I want a black lawyer. I want a black mortgage person. I want right. my whole team to be black. And that's not a problem. We got that. Right. 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 So we're here to support and we're here to make changes. And I have a lot more young black people coming to buy real estate at a younger age. Right. And that's beautiful to me. Um, and I have their parents helping them that are on board. Before, back in the days when I started, was like, you know, sorry, I'm showing you my credit, but my mom messed up my credit. Right. That was a right. common conversation <laughs> back then. Yeah. My mom took out a credit card. My mom put me on a mortgage. I didn't even know what I was signing. It was all those, but it's not happening anymore. Right. I have conversations with clients and their kids and the kids like, I don't want to sign up for my mom's mortgage, Jasmine. How do I get out of it? Right. Like those kind of tough conversations we're having. So I'm like, right. listen, it's not, let's sit down with your family, see what kind of solutions we can offer so that you don't have to go on your parents' mortgage. So then it affects your buying power when you want to buy on your own. Right. So those are some honest, open, but I'll tell you as a community, as a whole, we have to be forthcoming speak to professionals that got our back that understand stuff like pardoners <laughs> Su -su like they understand our culture so they know what needs to be done to get it done so we can get into the market right. and build true wealth guys that's right. really it right that's but nice. I, I just feel like uh, as a, a community we're so behind on that 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 wealth that wealth level you know mm -hmm. you have yep. your caucasians you have your asians there's just there's a huge gap yep. right so like talk about the importance of real estate to kind of bring that gap 
closer. 100%. So I'll tell you, we had an office meeting and the biggest problem for other cultures that are not um, from our community is that they're like, you know, our parents are giving our clients like 300, 400, 500,000 to buy a house and the right. bank's like coming down hard. Like, where's this coming from? And I have to provide all this paperwork. And I'm like, man, that's not my problem in our community. Yeah. Our community is like <laughs> credit, cons- yeah. teaching them, right. teaching them how to save money, right. debt. You know, this is why we do the first of the month, the credit challenge, just so everybody's hip to the game of checking their credit. You know, too many times I'm hearing people say like, I don't want to check my credit because I don't even want to see what it looks like. I'm like, what? You don't know what your score looks like. You need to know. And then now you and your friends need to know and you and your partner, you need to know so that you can have that ripple effect. So I'm teaching you, I'm putting you onto game of things that you need to do to better your net worth and your financial literacy. So share that with your friends and your partners and your family. So I love that impact. Right. Right. But it starts with you. So, yes, you want to help the community, but you got to be the example. Like for, especially for kids, they don't listen to what you say. They watch what you do. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is what your friends and your people. So you're inspiring people and he knows you own real estate. So that inspiration alone knows that he should be buying real estate if he hasn't already. Right. right? Right. Right. So that's the best way to impact your community is, is getting it done. True. Now you've touched on a few ways of how you could make money in the real estate market. Mm. Uh, You know, something like buying and renting uh, Airbnb, whatever other methods or a few powerful methods, including those maybe that you could elaborate on where you can make money in the real estate so market. So in short, my first property, I had three bedrooms. One was for me. I had the principal room. My siblings had the second room. Mm. And then I had a roommate and it was a guy. And I remember telling him that I'm going to have guests over, but you can't. It is what it is. I'm mm. the landlady. <laughs> right, right. Rent out rooms, rent out your basement. So many times I go to client's house and I'm like, I know only this property is going to be tight for a little while. Why don't you rent out your basement? They're like, no, I don't want to rent out my basement. And then you come back a few years later. They're not even in the basement. It's just straight storage. Right. And right now a two bedroom basement is like 2000 a month. Wow. Right. 2000 a month, 24 K a year. Why wouldn't you? So I'll give you a short story. Like even my financial account and I had a property and I'm like, I purchased it at the time for a million. I'm like, I'm going to rent out the basement. He's like, who rents out the basement of a million dollar property? I said, I do. (laughs) Like, What (laughs) are you talking about? I do, sir. And that's that's like, so listen. And again, some things that came up, you know, throughout my years in real estate, like when I bought my first property, it's like, oh, wow, you know, be careful. Then when I bought my second one, it's like, what are you doing? Oh my gosh. So right. people will put their fears on you. Don't pay attention. Stay focused on your goals. Mm. Get the right professionals. If you're not hearing what you want to hear, talk to someone else. Absolutely. Now, you know, including not just going and finding somebody, what a lot of people would tend to do is gravitate towards what we like to call YouTube university. university. Oh, oh. Key in. How <laughs> oh. do I, how do I real right. estate? Well, yeah. But to me, and especially when I do that, a lot of the subject matters that come up are from the States. Yeah. And, and this is why you're doing this today. Exactly. Right. And, you know, there's there's a lot of overlapping, you know, foundation knowledge that can be applied here as well. But a lot of the terms that they bring up and the acronyms, for it just completely throws me and off. And you know what? The thing is, you got to speak to a professional about your specific situation. Right. So I'm talking to a client tonight and I help clients internationally buy real estate because we have partners all around the world. So this client buying in Alberta and mm. she's like, Jazz, my friend told me that I can buy a property without a pre- without a pre-approval. Yeah. What? (laughs) And this is not even a realtor here. I'm like, okay. I said, sis, is your friend a realtor or a mortgage person? No. (laughs) I'm like, when you lose that deposit, sis is (laughs) 
<laughs> so you got to speak to the professionals. You cannot compare your, do not compare yourself to other people, what they're doing. Mm. They're like, oh, this person's 20 and they bought three properties. You don't know where that money came from. You don't know how they finance the properties. You don't even know if they own those properties. Mm. Um, you don't know if they're renting. There's so many people that are doing it for the gram, right? right? So listen, stay in your lane, stay focused on what you're doing and do not compare yourself to other people and get the right advice. Beautiful. And with that being said, you know, there, there are a lot of, there's a lot of content we see that, you know, it shows ways of acquiring loans and ways of getting money where you don't necessarily have to take money out of your pocket in order to do the, or or achieve the things that you're saying, like paying 5% down. Now in a Canadian market, what are some, you know, efficient ways of getting that done, getting loans and not coming out of pocket? as much does that even exist in Canada (laughs) I'm trying to figure that out because I'm hearing like somebody had said the other day yeah the amount of money that somebody they bought a property and literally all they had to come out of pocket was paperwork which was like $300 right if you're not on the deal you don't know what they did to get that deal done right that's a that's this facts so what I'd say is speak to a financial advisor we have a couple on our team Mm. we have we have contact um, contacts at the bank at every bank so if you're with TD Scotia the big banks you want a broker that is can help you with as a new immigrant self-employed we have everybody in-house right so that they will create a plan for you so when we're talking about your real estate plan, we're talking about one for you. So we're not going to say, oh, you should buy a condo because the condos are where it's at or buy pre-con because everybody's buying pre-con. What, when do you want to move into your new place by? Do you have a kid on the way? What's your plan? How long do you want to be in this property for? Three to five years. How many people are there? What can you afford? So we get to know you, not just to know your business, but to know what's best advice for you. It's not one size fits all. Exactly. Nice. Now let's talk about... um investment mm-hmm. um i know we've been talking about just you know normal real estate just you know buying and selling but let's talk about investment because i always i i always am into buying something mm-hmm. later on down the road right um now for first-time investors are there any incentives so the thing okay so we'll touch on one thing that you said you want to you like to buy pre-con yes it's built down the road right the problem with pre-con there's pros and cons but the problem is one of them is that you a lot of people can't buy a floor plan and then the builders make changes and adjustments, right? right? So it's hard to like feel it, see it, get the flow, get the feng shui, neighbors beating down the doors. You don't know what kind of soundproofing is going on. Right. There's a lot of factors to pre-con, right? And then now with COVID, there's a lot of supply and demand issues. So you're getting a lot of delays with properties. Two, okay. three, four, five years is common, right. Right? right? Although you made money, it's like, where are you living in the interim? Right. Sure. So there's pros and cons to everything. So this is why we need to have a conversation. What's best for you in terms of what you should be buying, whether it's resale or pre-con. We had a client that was buying from the builder. She was dead set on this unit. We went to go see it together and the unit was facing the garbage pickup and delivery. So that means her condo unit, the balcony was facing the garbage. It was going to stink like garbage. 365 days out of the year. So this is the thing, like when you hire a professional and we get paid by the seller or builder, we help you and check out your blind spots. We had another client that bought a condo and based on, they bought it without us. And based on the the way it was faced and the way it was angled in the building, um, there was no sun ever in the unit. Mm. So it was super depressing for that client. And they're like, we need to sell. And that was, that's why they sold it. Just like, I I don't even want to stay in here because there's no, you don't even know if it's morning or night. It's always pitch dark. Okay. Right. You know, the, the we're talking from a consumer standpoint, more yeah. or less. Oh, and, okay. We're talking yeah, about ahead. investing too. Investment, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so the thing is, like, in terms of pre-con, you have to put down 20% because the builders use your money to build, right? right? Whereas resale, you can get in with 5%. 
So maybe you might start with resale first because, again, you're saying first time buyers. Do they have 20 percent, 80, 90 percent usually start with 5 percent, right? So resale is usually the way to go. And that their first home is not not normally your last home, right? You've mm. already moved twice. I moved three times, four times, I think four or five times right now already, right? right? Yeah. Off the top of my head. But the first home you start with, that's what people got to get out of their head. The first home is not the last home. Right. And usually Canadians stay in their home three to five years. So when you buy an investment property, you have to pay 20%? Well, like the, well, it's, it depends on how you structure it, right? Okay. So okay. we have financial guides. And again, the rules change all the time. It depends. Are you self-employed? Are you a full-time employee? Are you right. contract? So many things. Is it a rental property? And how much is it going to be rented for? And then they need to know, is it going to cover all costs? So it's not a question that can just be answered like that because it's individual situation. Okay. What's their debt ratios of that person who's right. buying that in investment property? Can they carry it if it's vacant? So this is why the banks look at their financial obligations or full picture. So this is why when you talk to us, as your realtors based on your situation we know which broker to line you up with that can assist you yeah interesting mm-hmm. to you know, buy investment properties whether it's right. one two three four or five yeah right. i like that you you can consistently revert back to you know getting financial help mm-hmm. from a professional because it is difficult especially with risking so much money and having that much money on the line based off of youtube research it's, <laughs> exactly it's not, it's not the best of ways of going about it Right. Now, we've stayed on the topic of, of consumers a lot of the intro of this podcast. I want to talk about it from a landlord's perspective now. Mm. Now, for those out there that may be wanting to get into this space after hearing this podcast. Now, I spoke to my mom about becoming a landlord and potentially owning properties to rent. And mom was being mom. Right. So she was telling me uh, certain aspects of, you know, you need to watch out for this. You can't just go in blind and throw money into this. Make sure, you know, your ducks are in a row and these are possible things that could happen to you. So with that being said, what are some challenges that a landlord could end up facing? So a landlord or a landlady with the climate that we're in with COVID, um, the landlord tenant board was closed for a period of time during COVID. Mm -hmm. So what that meant was if your tenant did not pay rent, you could not file any applications for them to be removed. Wow. So tenants were staying, yes. Damn. And I shared that on my Instagram. I have a video. So I get I keep it real and authentic on my social media. I had a tenant in there. She checked all boxes. I listed on MLS, which is the realtor platform. Another realtor presented her to me. She just sold her house in High Park for like almost two million. She wanted to be my tenant in one of my um, multiplexes and she wanted to be closer to family. She was getting divorced. It looked good. Her credit was amazing. She had the income. Three months in, she stopped paying rent. And keep in mind, guys, I had a property manager. So the property manager was managing the property. She stopped paying the rent. And due to COVID, we couldn't file the documents to get her out on time. Right. So she stayed there rent-free and um, the property manager dealt with it. She damaged the property. I shared that video on Instagram. You can what? check it out. Yes. And then you have to go after for all your damages and your loss of rent. I remember one of the comments on my Instagram was, so do you still have to pay your mortgage if your tenant's not paying rent? I was about to ask. What? <laughs> well, like, not, not like Absolutely. that, but... Absolutely. Not, not, not whether or not you have to pay it. Sorry, let me, let me. Yeah. Whether or not you have to eventually get that money back from them and what are the steps to getting the money back? Can right? you get are the you money ready? back? You, you can't. You, well, you, you can. You could, but you can, it'll, but cost you, it'll cost you more. Time, money, and energy. And, so yeah, yeah, we're in small claims to get the money back. So this is ongoing mm. Um, to get the money back. No money's, we haven't received anything yet. But does it, you know, got to understand being a landlord, landlady is a business, right? Yeah. So there's going to be, 90% good and stuff that happens, but it's just comes with it. 
right? And it's still worth it being a landlord, landlady, but you have to have the time and energy for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a, I don't have student housing. I don't, I'm not interested in managing student housing, like eight ten, um, students in one house. And there's a lot of issues. You make more money, but then you have issues with the students getting along, students cleaning up. I had this landlord client that had um, student housing and some students would do the dishes. Some wouldn't, there was like mold and maggots everywhere. Oh, so like, that's the kind of stuff I am not interested. So I deal with more high end um, rentals from my properties. Cause I want that type of client. Um, but a lot of people like the short term cause it makes more money, but then you have more responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So you, there's so much ways you can be a landlord landlady to make money, but it's what's comfortable for you. So this is why we get to know our clients to see what their tolerance is. Right. Is there some kind of like, um, a, a, a client profile that you can file against them? So if they, if they want to rent from somebody else, they can see that information. So the thing is, when you um, go after them for the money it's owing, then it will be on their credit. Okay. Right? Okay. As a lien, outstanding debt right. against them. But it takes time. It takes time. And right now, the courts are backed up with everything. So right. in actuality, they could do all of that. It won't even make it to court. And they could get another property. In the meantime. And be living in there. Right. But guys, wow. in my 18 years of being a landlady, okay. this is the worst and the second one that came close to it was um tenant that lost her job and when they told me i said listen now that you lost your job do you want me to put the rental back up what do you want if they said no they'll write it out so after three months not finding work they owed me three months and then they just worked out a monthly payment Mm -hmm. so that was the second worst scenario in 18 years of being landlady it's been amazing nice really good too yeah so you being a landlady Mm -hmm. um and say if i want to you know Find investment prop um, investment properties. Mm-hmm. What are some key things that I need to look for in in in, in order to you know um, find somebody to um, rent out my space or you know well, first, make money right first. So we help you out with investment property, and right now there's a boom on the outskirts. But then we talk about like, are you prepared to buy like in Sudbury, and then or, like if anything happens, who's going to go out to Sudbury? Because right. you know? a lot right. of people are based on affordability, they're going so far out. So first, we got to go over the type of landlord or landlady you want to be. Do you want a condo, which is going to be less on you? Do you right. want a freehold? Right. It's going to be close to the city. It's going to be far out. And we look at the rental rate so you know exactly what you're going to be making per month. And then we can uh, offset it with how much it's going to cost per month. So we yeah. want to make sure you're cash flowing or at least breaking even. Um, and if there is a negative, you know what it is going up front before you get into a rental property. Okay. And then what we do is we help you with screening the tenants because- you know, we know the tricks and all the right. stuff that people do. We know how to look for great tenants, right? Um, things do happen, but we know having somebody, the middle person between you and your tenant is the best thing. Because when you have a direct relationship, you're like, you know, I don't want to pay realtors for my rental. I'll do it myself. A lot of times that's when a lot of the problems arise because they feel like they know you. They can tell you a sob story. My rent's late. They already have a personal relationship with their landlord. They feel like they can, you know, work around it. Or sometimes landlords, they feel sorry for them. Right. And they're just like, okay, I know the credit's bad, but I'll give you a chance. Right. And that's where it's it's no longer business. So we keep everything business. We check the credit. We got the employment. We took like the history presented to our clients. If they're interested, then they set up a meeting. There's little tips and tricks. You can meet them at their home to see how they take care of their current property. Are they hoarders? So we know those little tips and tricks to help our investors to get, you know, triple A clients. Beautiful. Nice. Now we're at the, we're at about the midway point of the show. So just Already. a reminder to everybody who is watching to please check us out on the YouTube. If you're on SoundCloud, that's yep. where you could see us and hear us at the same time. But we're also on SoundCloud and Spotify, the people's podcast. Sure. Now, Jasmine Lee, this one's going to be a bit uh, controversial All right, based off of it. it. She's Miss Optimism. So yeah. this one is kind of going against 
a lot of what you say in certain ways. Now, I heard a very interesting perspective on Earn Your Leisure. Shout out to them guys at Earn Your Leisure. Uh, this perspective was from a man named Grant Cardone. Many of you may know him as, you know, multimillionaire, or I think billionaire. But his perspective was typically people within our demographic will glorify and praise owning a home. Mm-hmm. His perspective is you should not own a home. Mm-hmm. But he's heavily invested into real estate. So let's play the clip and give you a little more context as to what the conversation's about. So let's get into it. All right. I want to start with real estate, right? Okay. Because you have an interesting philosophy on real estate. Most of the time, we grow up and most people, middle class people, working yeah, class people, yeah, yeah, yeah. the home is the biggest purchase, yeah. the biggest yeah, investment, yeah. thing that they, you know, you work and you purchase on. You yeah. equity, yeah. you can refinance, you can pass it down, all of this stuff. You say, do not... The home that you live in, you should not buy. That's right. Your home is not an asset. That's right. But you have over $2 billion in real estate. So you believe in real estate, but you don't believe in your home. Being. No, I believe a home is a place to live, right? Okay. It's a place to live. You, you you want food? You go get food. You want a refrigerator? You want to keep your food cold in a refrigerator? You get a refrigerator. You want a place to keep your refrigerator? Rent the house. You could rent the refrigerator, too. If they let me rent food, I would. <laughs> I just want to use it. I just want to use it and move on. I don't want to, I don't want to be stuck there. Mobility, the ability to move, to go places on this planet. Okay. Uh, like if you look at Detroit, if you were invested in a single family home on the wrong side of Detroit in the last 20 years, you lost your money. Look at hundreds, hundreds of millions of people in America lost all their equity, all their money being invested in 2007 and 2008. Still people underwater in homes. But what happens is, see, the banks, okay, this, this is the whole, this, this is why, like, the system is so corrupt, okay? It's, it, and I grew up with a single mother, and my dad died when I was 10, and the house was paid for. They did the Grandpa Dave, uh, 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 <laughs> Grandpa Dave, y'all know Grandpa Dave, right? <laughs> don't buy a coffee, okay? Uh, ride a bike to, to work. Don't, don't use a car. And, and oh, by the way, the only thing you should borrow money for is a house. It's completely stupid. It's antiquated. It is to really, literally, it's a corrupt system that is built to, to, to create. It's, it's slavery. Because what happens is once I buy that house, it's a 30 year mortgage. I'm 27 years old. I'm in that house. I could be in that house till I'm 57 years old. Okay. I should have taken that same 5% or 10%. Now it's 20%. And I should have taken that money invested in myself and a business. Me and a business can move. It can move. It can grow. It can get big. A house can't grow. If it's 3,000 square feet, unless you're going to spend more money on it, it's not going to get bigger and you're ever going to move it. And nobody's going to come to your house and give you money. No business has ever been done in a home. Mm-hmm. So some of your viewers are going to say, oh, yeah, Henry Ford started in a, in a garage and, and Steve Jobs started in a garage. Yeah, but they didn't get rich staying there. They left the garage. They left the garage to go build a business. Mm-hmm. And, and so all I'm saying to you, I moved seven times, okay? Uh, Warren Buffett's had one house and one car. Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban's never going to say, I bought, I bought houses and that's how I became a billionaire. No, he invested in his business. He invested in his idea. He got better at his game. So to me, a house is a place to live, maybe raise my family, hopefully do a good job of doing that, you know, and it's a place to be protected, but I don't have to own it. I don't have to own it. I can rent it. And then every 14 months or every time the landlord's not treating me right, I'm like, you know what? I'm out of here, man. I'm going to go to a new deal. 
Mm. Maybe a new city, a new place. So I think, you know, a very interesting perspective on the real estate market. And again, he's heavily invested in real estate, but doesn't believe in personal, personally owning a home. Mm. So after hearing all that, what's your opinion on his logic? Love it. I love it. And it's whatever works for you. Mm. Right. I, I touched on that earlier when I said, if you like living in the core, but you can't afford it and you want to buy like on the outskirts like Niagara and you live at Young and Eglinton in a rental rent. And then buy another property elsewhere. Um, but again, guys, I'm not Grant Cardone. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I don't know right. why he doesn't want to own his own real estate right. where he lives. I don't know what tax benefits he's getting from the states. It's two different markets. I know Jasmine Lee. I know what I can do for my clients. I can set them straight in our market. I can connect them with international realtors in their market to advise them. So I can't speak about Detroit because if we bought a property 20 years go in toronto right. yeah, man yeah. you're a multi-millionaire yeah, I, I created realtors i mean sorry realtors too i created multi-millionaire for clients and realtors so mm. i know it works in this market mm. so would i say i want to rent my primary home and um and just own outside no because i don't want a landlord telling me nothing about nothing right because right? i had a client that called me this week and they we helped them sell and they want to rent for a year just to take a break and that's fine again everybody has a different plan so this client rented for a year and the landlord said we're raising the rent by $300. It, one, it's illegal. Two, I told her to call the landlord tenant board and then then advise her landlord to call the landlord tenant board. But at the end of the day, as a tenant, you don't want to stay in a property where the, client, the landlord's like that. But the problem is the market is so hot that these landlords are like, one, I want to sell because I want to mm. capitalize and maximize on the market. Or two, rents are increasing so much. I want what everybody else is getting now in 2022. So to me, owning my primary residence gives me a peace of mind that nobody's telling me when to move, when to leave, how to go. True. And I make money with my real estate properties and my primary residence. So and um, so I'm good with my plan. So it, again, I'm here to help you with your plan. Grant right. Cardone has his plan. I'm here to help my clients with their plan to them. Right. Beautiful. All right. Nice. Now, I know we talked about it. We and you grew up in the same area, in the same hood. Are we shouting it out? <laughs> <laughs> we got Green Brains. Big it up, big it up. Um, I read from Oshawa, though. Relax yourself. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, we t you know, I read an article about Jay-Z buying, you know, some property where he grew up, which is um, the Marcy Projects in mm -hmm. New York. Do you ever think about going back to Green Brain, no. you know, just buying property no. there? No, no, why not? <laughs> why not? Well, because, you know, I always said, like, if I was to build and, be, and start building communities, I wanted to be somewhere hot all year round. Okay. The cold is not for me. And I'd love to help our community become expats in another part of the world because that's where the movement is. Okay. And no longer are we waiting to our retirement years to enjoy the, you know, a different climate. Because right now we can work, we can do Zoom, we can do virtual meets, we can do YouTube. So we can still grow our business from anywhere in the world. So I like what Grant Cardone said. I agree with him. Just have that freedom of mobility so you can live different parts of the world with your kids. So they're not, sure. they're, they're, you know, it's a worldwide university now, right? right? So they can be in Ghana one year. They can be in um, Bali one year. And my son, he loves Bali and Maui. Those are our two favorite places. And when we vacation, it's not for seven days. And you love his Asia chest too. Is high. That's his chest is high. <laughs> his chest is high because his mother has a high chest. <laughs> so. Because we created this opportunity <laughs> no, for true. him and ourselves. And yeah, so did facts. you. You you love Hong Kong, you told me. Uh, Tokyo. Tokyo, yeah, sorry. Japan. Yeah, Tokyo, Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like we're both from Scarborough. You're talking about Tokyo yeah, as true, a black man. True, true. And I'm talking about Bali as a black woman. So that's, I love that freedom. So everything I do is part of the freedom plan to do what we want, when we want, how we want. Right. So I would highly recommend real estate to be in your portfolio first. 
stocks, crypto. You can diversify however you want, but again, seek some advice from professionals, but definitely get into real estate. Yeah. Okay. I actually okay. saw a list, uh, Big Up 19 Keys. He had posted this on mm-hmm. Instagram, I believe. And this list, he said, every black family should own land, be backed by gold, crypto, life insurance, LLC, investment accounts, stocks, trusts, establish a will, and produce an essential product. I love it. So he literally is spelling out the game. And mm-hmm. I think all black families should take take note of that. Um, now, with, with that being on the subject, black families, this is going to be a difficult one to hear mm. um, for not only you, but a lot of the viewers listening. And we're going to touch on racism within real estate. Okay. Now, those type of aspects aren't talked about as much. It's okay. always the fluff of making oh. money. But, you know, we have to shine light on this situation. Now, this right here is a particular instance with a couple in California. What does it cost to be black? Well, for a couple in California, almost $500,000. Paul and Tanisha Tate Austin bought their home in 2016 and after moving in, put $400,000 into major renovations. New deck, new fireplace, new floors, the works. But when they were ready to sell, the home appraised for $989,000, way less than similar white-owned homes in the neighborhood. They immediately called their lender and eventually got approved for a second appraisal. This time they took down all the family photos, wiped any trace of a black family living there, and Tanisha even hid her hair products. Cherry on top, the Austins got a white friend to pretend to be the homeowner. This time it came back at 1.48 million, almost half a million bucks more than before. No surprise, the Austins were outraged and they're suing, as they should. In honor of MLK Junior Day tomorrow, talk to your friends of color about financial topics such as mortgage rates, salary, and home prices so that they know what they should be demanding. Because upward financial mobility is a key way to lessen some of the impacts of systemic racism. I have a dream that one day black homeowners don't have to do all this just to get a fair shake. So what are your thoughts on that? So two things I want to touch on by watching that video is one, how we advise our clients. It's funny. I was having this conversation with a realtor this morning. They're talking about marking their listing. And I and they said, can you check it out? And I said, great. I checked it out and I saw a bunch of family photos. So when our clients are selling, whether it doesn't matter their culture, I always say, let's give them, let's give the buyers a blank canvas. Our goal is to look like a model home. So take down all family portraits so they don't know who lives here. Take down all religious stuff so that it is a blank uh, canvas so they can envision their family. So when you talk to a professional that knows what time it is, we can avoid all that. Right. right? So the other realtor I spoke to said, you know what, dads, I'm proud of my culture. I want to leave my pictures up. And if it costs us 20, 30, 40,000 off the price, I'm down for it. I'm like, I ain't down with that. <laughs> I want my clients to maximize. So where there's clients that actually say that too? Yeah, they want to leave Whoa. their family photos up. But I, for, I would definitely advise them to, you know, get the most out of their house because they're going to turn to buyers in this market. And it's a hot buyer's market, yeah, right? Yeah. So I'm trying to get them the most. So if they listen to me, we're going to maximize to get the most at the time that we can get out of their property for selling. So because they're going to be a buyer and we need that money to then buy another property, buy more properties, etc. So the second thing I want to touch on racism in real estate, where you find it the most is when our people in our community yeah. are trying to rent properties from someone else. Mm. Okay. So this is why to me, I know Grant Cardone's plan is good for him. He's a white male in the States, right. right? As black people, and I talk about it on podcasts, on my social media, being a black person trying to rent. I'll give you an example. We had clients that for whatever reason we sold, they had major cash flow and they wanted to rent. They could pay the one year up front. They were still getting declined. Wow. They were still getting declined. So this is why you got to put your posi- put yourself in a position. You don't have to put yourself in that. I need to borrow your property and get declined. And they're not giving a reason why. And I'm sure that has happened to a lot of people and people can yeah. relate on this podcast that they went to rent a property. Credit's good. Money's good. Um, they might have a year up front, but they're paying the standards 
first and last, and they're still getting declined. Jesus. Um, and then once the landlord or their representative asks for IDs, you already know what time it is. So we, we already know what the red flags are, the red flags, right? right? Mm-hmm. So this is why in our community, to me, homeownership is so important, important. Right. because one, you don't want anyone declining where you want to live and raise your family. Who wants to experience that? Right. It's no heartbroken. Right. My clients, they wrote letters uh, about it. I had a realtor who was Caucasian. She reached out to me because I do videos and podcasts. I'm part of a network in our real estate board that's, um, talking about and just trying to change a system about racial profiling in real estate, right? And she was like, I cannot believe this agent and their client refused my client. It was a triple A stellar, had great income, great job, great credit, and they could give us no reason why they declined their rental, right? So that does happen. But even with home ownership, I mean, there's there's been situations where um, black people have tried to get loans from the bank and they're getting denied just because- uh, in Canada? Well, not in Canada. Well, I'm seeing it in the in States. States. Well, you know, but in the States, but, you go there and they and on a lot of the documents, they say, are you Hispanic? Are you right. brown, black community? Like they ask you culture questions, but that's not standard in our banks. Okay. Right. Okay. It's not a standard thing. And um, with our contacts like now and with the way you do offers, it's a lot of it's virtual. So you don't have to meet the buyers and see who they are anymore. Right. right. It's money. It's money talks. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Which is a crazy situation that yeah. happened to the house that my family purchased. Um, you know, we were in the bidding war mm-hmm. and the other people bid higher than us. And the family ultimately chose us because they were like, you guys are a family. Mm. And, you know, there are good hearted people out there as much as it could be a doggy world, doggy dog world. Exactly. It seemed like it. Now you're, yeah. you turn into the optimist. I got it. <laughs> you're rubbing off of me. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. But it's a fact, you know, that's a situation that happened to me and it's possible, you know, that that could have easily went in their favor. Right. Mm-hmm. And, right. But we struck gold in oh, my opinion because yeah. literally what you're saying at the price that we bought it for then which was about eight nine years ago right. versus now do you right. remember the price five hundred yeah you know the rough value yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i think just before covid yeah the house across the street from us sold at nine nine point eight or oh, nine no, yeah, nine, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're like one and a half exactly. upwards right so in 10 years you tripled yeah right you, you tripled your real estate portfolio yeah. so are you going to listen to Grant Cardone and not buy real estate? Like it <laughs> No, just, but that's the thing. He, yeah. As he was saying, or they were saying, he's heavily invested yeah. into real estate. Mm-hmm. So he knows the value of it. Mm-hmm. It's just his personal stance on owning. Yeah. That's what I wanted to kind of get I see, and it's on. his personal stance, guys. Right, that's right, the key yeah. words. It's his personal. You don't know right, what sure. tax benefits he's getting and what, what country he's living in and what's applicable in their market, right? right. But like he said, in Detroit, you would have lost your money. But here in our Toronto market that we're talking about today, yeah. in 10 years, they tripled the value of their real estate portfolio so now let's say you owe let's say three hundred thousand i'm just giving estimates here three hundred thousand on his mortgage and now it's valued at one five you have like one two equity you can take like a million out and use that to buy other properties build a business like grant cardone said or you can pay for your kids schools I, i got an amazing call um this week from my client we just sold our house in pickering and now they just sold their company and they're paying for their, their, their kids' university fees outright. So their kids are going to have no debts. They're building their dream home, which they sent me a picture of it. Like that is what That's brings what me joy in yeah. real estate. Yeah, Beautiful. Nice. Now I know when I mentioned uh, racism is not typically brought up, you kind of gave the, <laughs> 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 can you describe a situation that may have happened to you per se? Yeah. In what you've done? And- well, you know what? If the thing is, 
in terms of fighting for our clients, we know how to navigate it. And our team is diverse. I remember um, one of our team members, Rixie, she's uh, Filipina and she's representing one of our, our clients that was a Caribbean descent. And she was just like, I cannot believe how hard it is for them to get a rental. Right. I cannot believe the experience I'm getting. And she's like, Jasmine, once the other side, the owner or realtor asked me for their IDs, that's when the conversation went from like fluid conversation to constant communication. Once they ask for ID, it's crickets which means now that they got the ID, they know who the client is and mm. they are straight profiling and they're not interested anymore. Right. Um, so my last name is Lee. I'm again biracial. My dad is from Singapore. My mom's Caribbean. And I remember I had a listing in Richmond Hill, which was predominantly Asian at the time. And the agent came by and saw my clients, who's the owners and said like, how did your agent get this last name Lee when she's black? Wow. And straight up. And I was just like, what? I'm like, okay, so let me get his number and call him. Yeah, no, <laughs> so first fact. it's first it's business. I'm like, okay, are you guys putting an offer on my client's house? They're like, no. And then I handled him like Olivia Pope. Yeah. You know <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was a fly on the wall. <laughs> oh, man. That's crazy. But it is what it is, guys. There's people that are ignorant out there. You can shed some yeah. light on them. And, you know, because right now, like, our community is getting money, yeah. right? And women are entrepreneurs, shout out to all the women entrepreneurs in our community that are building wealth, right? right? So I'm happy to work with them, help them, you know, multiply their wealth in real estate. And I know all the things to avoid, right. all things to deal with. And I know how to set them up to to become multimillionaires in real estate. Beautiful. Okay. And, um, you know, you mentioned earlier that there was a process where, you know, through the buying process, you would not necessarily see the person's face up until the ID mm -hmm. stage. All right, I or believe you renting, 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 renting. So sorry, with renting. buying, you don't have to provide ID. Right. So you with, normally don't. Right. So with with racism now being a factor within the buying and and whatnot phase of real estate, what are some actionable steps like that that we could take as a people in order to start, you know, not seeing that? Within Listen, when you're estate? buying, when you're buying real estate, it's it's the money. Yeah. Like the person selling just wants to get the best price for their home normally. And the right. first is the price and second is closing. They don't mm. care about culture anymore, really, because right now they're going to turn to a, a, a buyer as well themselves. So they need the most money on that property to move on to the next uh, whatever they have planned. Right. But when you're renting, that's when they have the position of power to then say, no, we're not interested and give you no reasons why. Right. Because it's every property um, that, you, you know, if it's not owned by a, a property management building, it's individually owned. So they can ha make up their own rules of why they want to rent or not rent to you. And they, or they can give you no reason why they're not renting to you. Right. Interesting. Now, this is one of the last questions here. This mm -hmm. is, I don't know how familiar you are with the digital world, mm -hmm. but one crazy thing that I heard was people are legitimately spending hundreds and thousands of dollars buying digital and virtual real estate. Mm -hmm. Is that a thing that you've heard about? And if so, is that somewhere you see your business eventually pivoting towards? You know what? In our world, so our real estate brokerage is virtual. We have our whole office of virtual. We have our metaverse real estate brokerage. But the thing is, you again, it's your profile. What is good for you? Mm -hmm. Like if you are renting and you're buying a, a house in the metaverse, yeah, exactly. you know, there's something wrong here to me. That, but that, and that's what I'm touching on. People are spending. Yeah, no, but I mean, what, is, what does their portfolio look like? There was True. a yacht sale in the metaverse for like hundreds of thousands. Right. <laughs> but and I have a, a team member. She bought she has physical real estate, but she right. also has a condo in the metaverse. Right. So if you want to diversify your portfolio, but I would definitely have your hands on something tangible that you live in and you can feel and touch first before you get into that metaverse 
Or if you can do both, why not? But again, there are risks with the metaverse and crypto is very volatile. I mean, it's 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 crazy until you you get some money. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah, then you got options. I mean, it's just, it's kind of the same thing with NFTs. NFTs are like you know a digital image that anybody could have. Mm-hmm. But, but once you make money on it, yeah, it's a different are you, story. Are you really questioning it? No. And then you know, physical real estate gives you options to do all that, right? Yeah. To play true, in the digital true. world, to buy digital real estate, you have your house that you bought and you can take an equity to diversify your portfolio and buy those things. Right. And to me, it doesn't make sense. But again, I'm not a, a IT person by any means, but, but I feel but like. But I would say educate yourself before you say it doesn't make right. sense. True. Right. True. So right? I can't perceive. Right. How You're you could you, buy- <laughs> you say no, it's a no. No, no, no. I mean, I'm saying I can't perceive how you could buy a land mm-hmm. or a piece of land digitally. When literally, you know, games are being made where various plots of land are being developed for that specific game. So if it's that easy, quote unquote, to make, why is it such a high price commodity even now? Mm-hmm. You know, and but, you know, it's a thing like our, our as parents now we're seeing it like with our kids with these digital games. Where's what is it called? Like the bucks in the game, like the Robux. Right. You right. know, where parents are complaining how much money I mean, they're investing I mean, in Robux and right. stuff like that for our kids games now that we have to buy all these add-ons so it's the same as the metaverse investment so it might not be for our generation to understand but it's for our kids so i know the robux dollar <laughs> is higher than the russian money right now. no yeah. Yeah. see there's stats yeah you're hitting them with facts right now so you see like you said it might not be for us to understand but for our kids yeah. and that that's what you know is something to keep your eye open towards is kids right now are diving into so, digital currency right Without Already. you even understanding mm-hmm. it, right? Y- y'all understand it now that I'm saying it because you know your kids is coming. To you asking for V bucks for Fortnite. Yep. So yep. you know about V bucks. I have V bucks, <laughs> <laughs> but you know the kids are asking Ooh, for but this. But right. like kids right. are asking. Yeah. You know he ain't got no kids, yeah, yeah. right? He's like, but he, now he's confessing. He has V bucks. <laughs> no, my, my niece asking for a whole separate bunch of stuff for her birthday. All Shout right. out to my niece Amory's. I love it. Turning eight this weekend. Nice. So they go to my niece Amory's, but um. No, it's it's a crazy world we're living in. And, you know, you've touched on a lot of amazing topics here. Yes. We truly appreciate that. Right. Now, you know, to close, we got a little bit of a speed round. Right. And then I have cool. a, a one final question after that. Excited. Right. Okay. So the speed round is just to say whatever comes to your mind when I shout out the topics that we normally talk about on a week to week basis. So the first one, relationships. The only thing that's real is love. Moving on to the next one. then, All wealth. Right. Okay. Wealth. Uh, generational. Nice. Has to be whatever you're building has to be passed down and and, and multiplied. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, next one, uh, health. Get sexier. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that is the number one priority right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why? Because you're playing. Are you? Are you playing? Are you playing are you see, we're getting real personal right now. <laughs> Minimum ten thousand steps a day. Get your vegan life on. Listen, that is the goal because. All the money in the world can't help you right now. Uh, and yes, I want to play carnival in Jamaica. I have mm. never. And I'm tired I of, I can't take <laughs> Pangarang for a whole week anymore. I can't do it. <laughs> I went to Trinidad Carnival with my girls. We had a great time right before COVID hit. But I mean, they bought three parties a day. Yeah, I was like, I can't keep up. And it's the same song over and over again. So I'm just like, no, I need to go to Jamaica Carnival. I know it's going to be amazing. So we're looking forward to that next year. Yeah, nice. I, you might see us there too. What? You never know. All right. Know. <laughs> and the last, With that V-Bucks money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one that we normally talk about is entertainment. Podcasts. Nice. People who are keeping it real. I'm always learning. And this is the thing. If you're looking for mentors um, that you can... 
touch, feel, meet up with in person. That's not always the case. You might not have access to it. So you can constantly be learning. I don't have music uh, in my car. I'm listening to podcasts in my car. Nice. I haven't had cable in like 15 years. Mm. Um, and we, cause I like to be in control of the information we consume in our household. So I don't want to be hit with the news. We don't watch the news, uh, commercials or stuff. I don't want to be sold to, mm. um, and I listen to podcasts in my car. That's what my son's used to. We're used to listening to podcasts or audibles in our car, so, in our home. So what are the top three podcasts that you listen to right now? My favorite is Danny Morell. Okay. So yeah. he's into real estate, but he's now into a lot more spirituality. Okay. So I'd say that is my number, number one. And then second one is Brian Buffini. I definitely recommend that was also geared towards realtors, but now it's just business people in general. Okay. So those are my two favorite ones. There's a really bad one. Um, <laughs> there's a girl one that's really bad. It's the horrible podcast. <laughs> 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 we need a break from the business. We need to hear some crazy <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm like, she did what? <laughs> so listen, you need to like, you know, tune out a couple times. So that was killing me. But the fact that you that. know about it, Jay, is a, I, my, is a hey, little bit of a problem right now. That, that's, that's the... <laughs> To it too. No, no, I don't listen to it. That's the lower it. end of his consumption. Okay, he stays on board. Me, bro. <laughs> I thought we nah. upgraded the podcast. We were, we, we're trying. We're trying. We're trying. Something's never changing. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Jasmine, you've been amazing once again. Thank you, guys. Um, the last one I'm going to hit you with with this is I was having a conversation with JKD the other day, yes. and we were talking about S and P 500s index funds of you know people that will take your money divvy it up and give it out to the top businesses in the world in terms of stocks right. now he asked a very important question jaron and he said um okay yeah they're doing that but how do they make money mm-hmm. so with you other know, people's money right exactly mm-hmm. which is what i, I kind of got out of him with but now i'm going to bring that line of questioning to you mm-hmm. now i told him I'm pretty sure they make it through the stocks and using your money to make them money. I'm pretty sure they're not just doing this out of the kindness of their heart. So I wholeheartedly believe, you know, you Mm -hmm. are because we've heard you throughout this whole podcast and you've been very, you know, optimistic with everything that you've been saying. But what do you guys get out of this process? So it's not even just optimism. It's facts. Right. So when our clients, when we all win. Right. Right. It's not like it's not real estate. It's not a charity case. This Mm -hmm. is how we make a living. This is why I leave my family to spend time with yours to help your family create wealth. Right. So when our clients win and they get the maximum price out of their home and they move on to the next property, we help them buy their first property or multiple properties. We get paid a fee as realtors. Mm -hmm. So this is how it's a win win for both parties. Right. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. We Thank truly you guys. appreciate it. Let them know where they could find you on socials. The Jasmine Lee team, hit us up, DM us. Our link's in our bio that you can hit, book a call to talk real estate, talk about buying real estate, talk about selling real estate. And listen, we don't just help clients that are ready in two, three weeks to buy real estate or sell. It's like sometimes it's two, three years out. They have a plan. We have clients that are just like, I want to retire and be remote living in a Caribbean island in five years. We help them build that plan. So hit us up. We'd love to connect. Thank you so much, guys, for the opportunity again. It's been fun. No, something I have to say, I forgot before we get out of here. If I'm not mistaken, when we did our podcast, 
um, with you the last in pre pre lime, somebody that listened to that podcast actually bought a home through you guys. Yes, you know it, it exactly. And, and you know what? And tribute to Shannon. Yes, I have her cup right now. Yeah, so yeah, when yeah, we nice. we helped her buy her first house. Oh, I mean, wow. we looked for like a year, yeah. and this was one of my gifts from the family nice. on closing. Okay, so it was. I mean, we record the video <laughs> when they won their bidding war, and we surprised and let them know they got their house. So this is the thing. Like it changes the whole trajectory for the whole family. Absolutely. So it's a beautiful thing. Thank you guys for the opportunity. Love it every time. Thank you so much. And we appreciate all you guys for listening. We hope you learned a lot about real estate, which we know you did. Mm -hmm. Because Jasmine came in with and dropped some gems. Yep. So we'll see you guys on the next episode of the People's Podcast. And we out. Peace. Peace.